What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Birdie here. In this episode, we are going to talk about a journey that our guest took. He's got a very strong mission that he is very passionate about, and he's taken it from nothing to partnering with over 1,000 music schools, getting the support of music brands and dozens of celebrities. We're going to talk about how he made that transformation for his purposeful brand, so you get some ideas for how you can take your purposeful idea or your business and accelerate it to the next level. So our guest who joins us today, he has been circulating in the musical world for over three decades. He first began as a songwriter writing rock and roll and wrestling connection in the mid 80s. And that was made into a music video by Prism Television. Had a lot of really awesome people as part of that video. He later began managing local bands and also went on to educate others about music through a nonprofit that has now spearheaded and been the main thing he's been doing right now, Keep Music Alive. That is the nonprofit we're going to be focusing on in this episode. And our guest who joins us is none other than Vincent James. Vincent, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Great to be here. Vincent, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And I'm wondering if we can go a little back into how you started the nonprofit, because it's not something everybody thinks about. Like sometimes you got something very purposeful and you're like, oh, I'll just contribute money to a cause or, oh, I'll just do something. But you went and you created a nonprofit and you went out there and got all these partnerships with all these music schools. Can you talk about what inspired you to start it and play this big role? Sure, absolutely, Mark. So it's funny, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you create something, it's not what you intended in the beginning, you know. Actually, the our path for music education advocacy started with a book series, 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life. And uh, from that idea, I started thinking, you know, there should probably be a, a week every year where musicians everywhere, you know, give a free lesson to someone just to get more people playing music. Don't ask me where the idea came from, but that started Teach Music Week. And then we ran into a gal who was running something called Kids Yoga Day. And I was like, Kids Yoga Day? Well, that's really cool. I wonder if there's a Kids Music Day. <laughs> well, it turns out there wasn't. So we created that. And this is all really before we formally launched a nonprofit, but we were starting to grow as an organization. And and over time, you know, I was beginning to realize, you know, really the best way for us to approach this, since it's a cause-based mission, is to formalize it as a nonprofit. And I'll be honest, Mark, I was, you know, hesitant for a year or two to, to do that because I just heard horror stories about how long it takes, all the different obstacles. And then, you know, finally we decided, you know what, we're going to go and do this. And funny, you know, I ran into some obstacles. We talked to an attorney, an accountant, another attorney, and we still were not seeming like we were getting anywhere. Uh, but finally, I put it out to the universe and said, hey, how did you all start your nonprofit? <laughs> you know, it's a very important question uh, or method of progress, Mark, is often we need to ask more questions. And I've been guilty earlier on in my life of not asking enough questions, and I'm still trying to get better at that. Uh, but I put it out there to the universe, and one of our nonprofit friends out in Chicago said, well, there's an organization here's a, that we used that helped us, you know, put it together really easily. And my goodness, from the time we filled out the application, sent in, you know, hit submit, we had our 501c3 status in a month. 
and you know, two years before that of hamming and hauling and you know trying to make it happen. And finally, when you move off the dime, you ask the right question, you get a good answer, you follow through. It, things can happen more quickly. So that's kind of how it started. Really, really didn't start the nonprofit formally until fall of 2017, even though we'd been going for three years before that. So it's kind of interesting. And I really love that story Vincent provides. It really speaks to you got to put your goals out there and then people will come to you and give you advice and perspective that you can't get on your own. Like it just speeds up the process so much if you have someone who's already been there and done that, whether I mean, you could just do something simple like post a question in a Facebook group and then you're going to get like, instead of you digging through the internet for hours, finding your answer, <laughs> maybe you get it in a few minutes. Like that's how some of these right. groups operate. And there's a lot of opportunities like that. Now, earlier I did mention how you've gone on to now have these partnerships with over 1000 music schools. And I feel like just a few dozen, like people would feel really accomplished if they had that type of footprint. But I'm wondering, what did the outreach strategy look like? Like, were you reaching out to dozens of these schools each day? Or did you have, like, what was the routine for making that outreach possible? So when we started out in the beginning, uh, funny, with Teach Music Week in 2015, uh, really that was just me putting out a couple social media posts. It was very kind of informal. And then the next year, we started actually emailing, you know, music schools individually. And I think we had... I want to say 23 schools in eight states that participated. Uh, and then we got serious about it the following year. You know, we started creating our own in-house database of music schools using our friend, Dr. Google, uh, and just creating a list, creating an email list. And then one by one, you know, we're not allowed to spam them unless they've agreed to be on a list. So, you know, individually emails out to music schools. We now have a list of about 5,000 music schools in over two dozen countries. And when we, go to prepare for each new music holiday, Teach Music Week in March and Kids Music Day in October, we actually reach out to every single one of those 5,000 individually, wow. twice, inviting them to participate. Because a lot of these businesses are so busy trying to, you know, operate their enterprise, you know, music schools are, the owners are, you know, dealing with the parents, they're dealing with the students, and they're dealing with their staff and their overall overhead for running their operation. And we're asking them to do one more thing, <laughs> which, you know, you know how it is sometimes when you're going crazy busy and someone asks you to put one more thing on your plate, even if it seems like something so simple, you know, there's often a bit of resistance. So we try to make it as easy as possible. They don't have to give us anything. Uh, and we ask them twice, you know, over a period of a couple of weeks. Uh, and that's how we get the response that we get. And it's just built up year over year. And we did the same with the larger brands, you know, whether it's the School of Rocks, the Music and Arts, the Guitar Center, you know, you wear them down. You just keep emailing, calling, emailing, calling. And maybe the first year you don't get them. Maybe the second year you don't get them. By the third year, they figure you're not going away. <laughs> and they see that you're growing something. It's getting bigger and bigger. And you start attracting, you know, people to your cause that way because they start to realize that you're taking it's you know, you're very serious with what you're doing. You're not going away and you're going to keep asking until you get an answer. Yes or no. <laughs> and for a lot of relationships, I feel like a lot of people like you would love to reach out to the school and they say yes, right away. Like, 
there. It's always nice. <laughs> it's always nice, but for anything, it, like, it usually doesn't happen that way, especially if you're thinking about getting clients. Like Sometimes it's that third call, that fifth call, that second yes. year of them consistently receiving emails before they even reach out about your services. So yes. you definitely got to be long-term with this, and we could definitely see Vincent uh, now he's got over 5,000 music schools that are part of this, but he mentioned it all started with those first 23 schools spread across eight states in that first year. And then he went into Google. Uh, he deep dived into it to find all these different schools. I mean, I can only imagine the phone calls, the emails, the <laughs> correspondences. Like, was it like just you and your wife or did you have a few other people with you? Well, I would say 95% of the emails was done with my wife, you know, my co-founder, uh, doing them because I'm off working another job during the day and she's building up her carpal tunnel. <laughs> uh, we only recently started bringing on some volunteers that we pay a small step, stipend, stipend to uh, that help with some of the email volumes. So now she's not having to send as many emails uh, because in addition to the emails to the music schools, we're also reaching out to print, radio, and TV mm -hmm. and online media every time. There's about 4,000 of those we reach out to individually for each music holiday, which is how we get coverage in some newspapers, radio interviews, TV interviews. You know, if we don't reach out, you know, and ask, you know, you have to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a national press release, but not it goes on the wire, but not everybody sees that. And you have to plant a lot of seeds, Mark, in order to get, you know, things to start to grow. And it's funny, sometimes you'll plant a seed three times, nothing happening, nothing happening, nothing happening. And the fourth time, oh my gosh, a week later, they, they called back and they're interested and they want to talk to you. Same thing as you're talking about trying to get clients. You know, our biggest thing, one of the biggest things our mentor tells us is silence never means no. Meaning just because they didn't write you back, it doesn't mean they're not interested. Don't, don't invent some reason in your head of why someone's not responding to you. It could be in their spam folder. It could have just breezed by their email list and they never actually got to look at it. They could have picked it, pulled it up, looked at it, and like, yeah, this looks interesting, and then it got interrupted by a coworker, and then they never got back to it. They're on vacation, on travel, whatever it is. You know, it's just not the right time. But unless they write you back and say, you know, you know I'm really not interested in this, you know, so please don't, you know, take me off your list send it to them again wait two three weeks wait a month try again wait three four months six months you have a different idea a different suggestion for a story or another way you can help them as a client put it out there again you know and try to offer things how you can help them without expecting something in return if you're tr you know what you're trying to really do mark is develop a relationship and that takes time and effort and but if you do that over time you're going to start to see a lot of things happen. You're going to gravitate, you know, more people helping you out. And with the goal of building as many relationships as possible, I feel like one of the things that some people struggle with, and we'll talk about, I'm going to use the client analogy and Vincent, I definitely love if you use the analogy for uh, the music and what you're doing there, because we've got the balance of the clients and then we got some very purposeful nonprofit work. Uh, but in any event, there is this idea that the more people you reach out to and you have to manage those relationships and so many people just lock in on, I want to get new people. I want to get more, but then they let some stuff fall through the cracks. So how do you balance reaching out to all these schools and being able to still stay in touch and engage with these schools that have expressed interest? Well, I'll be honest. It's not easy. 
you know, how do you, you know, keep going after new fish while juggling the fish that you have? Uh, and it really depends on the situation. I mean, with the music schools, it doesn't really take a lot of, you know, interaction once you have them locked in, once they understand your vision and what you're doing. It really just becomes a simple email or two. They write back and say, yes, they're interested or no, I can't do it this year for whatever reason. You put them up on the website, you give them the, you know, the package of how they can help promote what they're doing. Uh, and then that's basically it, you know, but there are always some that need, you know, more assistance than others. You know, they'll, they'll call, you know, you have to pick up the phone and if it's a 20 minute phone call to explain more about the mission and what you're doing and to, you know, have more of a conversation, then you do that. Uh, if you get an email back, they might email back three times, you know, cause they're not, again, because they're so busy, a lot of times you'll see they're not actually reading what you're sending them. They're calling or emailing back without actually reading. <laughs> you know, the details of what you sent because they're so busy. So you have to be patient and you fill them in on what's going on and, you know, and then put the question out again, you know, would you like to participate? And it's the same thing with a client. You know, you have to make the time and, and, and maybe you can't fish for 20 new clients every week. You know, maybe you need to spend an extra five, 10 hours dedicated to, you know, working the relationships that you've already started. Very important point that you made. I mean, there is some balance as Vincent was pointing out, like there are going to be some day, some weeks where you can reach out to dozens, if not uh, for some people, depending on what your schedule looks like, maybe even hundreds of new people uh, if you're at that early stage and scaling, but there are going to be other days and weeks where you just can't do that because you've got all these calls with all these existing clients, all these existing relationships, and you do have to strike that balance. It's something that, um, it's just something you have to feel for yourself what you think is right. Um, and I'm really happy with the insights Vincent provided. Now, we've talked about the business side, uh, how to expand. But one thing I also want to touch on is the overall message that you share, which is the fact that music is still alive and helping kids like just introducing that music day and getting them to play their favorite instruments. So for people listening right now, Maybe they played an instrument in the past and they haven't played it in a really long time. Um, grab an instrument, play it. I mean, see how you sound. I mean, music is one of those like really fun activities. Uh, and I'm wondering for people who maybe they feel a little shy about getting back into it, what advice would you have for them? Well, this is a perfect week, Mark, you know, and almost any time of the year, really. But and Teach Music Week in March, if you happen to be listening then, uh, yeah, there's a thousand locations around the world and probably some in your neck of the woods that are offering a free lesson or class to help you get started again. And you can find that on teachmusicweek.org. Just pop in your zip code. Uh, but even if you're outside Teach Music Week, there are a number of music schools that offer a free intro lesson year round. So, con you know, look around, contact different schools and sit down and, you know, maybe you used to play guitar, but you're not sure you really want to play guitar again because, you know, you're thinking about, you know, I really want to start maybe playing the ukulele or the piano. Go sit down at a music store, sit down and start playing around. Have somebody show you a few things and just see what you feel really drawn to. And to your point, music is so therapeutic. I mean, music is one of the few activities we can do as humans. It's almost like sound meditation because you're, you're having to focus so much on what you're doing it grounds you and helps you to block out any other worries or anxieties you have going on in your life at the time. So it's very, again, peaceful, therapeutic. And yeah, you might struggle trying to learn that new chord or that new song, 
but you're not worried about what's happening at work, you know, what's worried, you know, the, what the cats or dogs are doing, what's happening with the family, if there's issues going on, whatever it is, you're able to focus on the here and now, and that's very peaceful to our souls. Yeah, I, I mean, music is definitely something more people should think about doing, even on a very small scale. Uh, and it does, like, it's a fun way to get at, like, you're not thinking about work, you're not thinking about other stuff, you're just focused and in that moment. And that is something music really allows you to do. Uh, we will be having that music w week link down below. Vincent, are there any other links you want us to throw in the show notes so we can keep following all the great work you're doing? Well, if people would like to learn more overall about our Keep Music Alive mission, uh, you can find us at keepmusicalive.org. And we also have a book series, 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life, just published the most recent one a few months ago. And you can find us there either on Amazon or just 88waysmusic.com. And anybody has any questions, want to ask about how we did some of what we're doing, feel free to reach out to me directly and I'll you know, provide any answers that I can to help you on your way. Vincent, this was such an awesome episode. Links will be in the show notes. Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you check out Vincent and all the great stuff he's doing. Vincent, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, likewise, Mark. Thank you so much. This has been great.